0: Mentally yours, from Alan and Evette. Focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret it. Mentally, 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 mentally yours, mentally yours, mentally yours. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's mental health podcast. We're doing a series of podcasts at the moment about mental health and I'm recording this at the moment from home because I'm self-isolating. So anyway, um, today I'm going to be chatting to Will Johnston. He's from Rethink. We're going to be chatting about changes to the Mental Health Act. So we're going to be finding out what exactly the Mental Health Act is and what the potential changes might mean. Will, thanks very much for joining us on Mentally Yours. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. So today we're going to be chatting about the Mental Health Act. Could we just start off right from the beginning? What is the Mental Health Act?
1: So the Mental Health Act is the legislation in England and Wales that uh, provides for treatment of people who are mentally ill without their consent. Um, and it governs their detention in hospital and occasionally in their community
0: as well. So we're sort of talking about the drastic edge of things Mm. Um, some people know as being sectioned um, and it's when people are in crisis that's right isn't it
1: yes absolutely
0: so how does it directly affect people with mental health issues and what would be the kind of scenario that would what can you take us through what would actually happen if someone was sectioned
1: yeah so um, if someone was detained under the act uh, there are a couple of different ways that that can happen The first is, as you've mentioned, someone's in crisis. Um, They'll come to the attention of of health-based authorities, either through the ambulance, uh, police, something like that. They'll be assessed by um, someone called an approved mental health professional, and that's usually a social worker. They'll make a recommendation um, that the person needs to be detained under the Act. Um, and that recommendation goes to two different doctors. Um, one of those doctors has special training um, under Section 12 of the Mental Health Act. So they're called a Section 12 doctor. Um, and they will, they will effectively sign off on, on the detention. And then they'll go into an, usually an inpatient unit. Um, and depending on exactly how unwell they are and the kind of characteristics of the uh, of the case, that can be um, various different levels of security, so low medium and high security. The other route in is if someone has committed a uh, criminal offence or has been suspected to commit a criminal offence because of their mental health, and that means that um, the police will be more involved in in that case. Um, and they'll be effectively detained by, by a court.
0: So when we're talking about the former instance, um, when someone's sort of been referred by um, health services or possibly um, the police, what sort of things are we looking at? I'd imagine things like psychosis. Um, would you have sort of people who are suicidal as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the main criteria is um, is is someone does the mental health of someone mean that they pose a risk to themselves or others? So various different um, conditions can, can produce that. So psychosis is relatively common, um, particularly the various different kind of polar extremes of bipolar, um, depression in all its various forms, um, including kind of active suicidal depression. Um, all of those would, at the most extreme end, mean that someone might pose a risk to themselves or others, um, and therefore that they would meet the criteria for detention.
0: And so it's basically a fairly quick way of getting somebody the help that they need when they can't really look after themselves. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think it's it's probably worth saying that um, most people who are detained under the Mental Health Act, certainly if they're not detained under the kind of criminal sections of it, aren't actually detained under the Mental Health Act for that long. So there are different sections of the Mental Health Act and Section 2 is uh, is lasts for up to 30 days. And that's the most commonly um, used section. And most people um, who are detained under the Act are discharged from that, that Section 2 detention. Um, and that's usually because they're taken into hospital, they're medicated and that will help. Um, and then they're discharged when they're when they're well enough to look after themselves again.
0: Now, the main reason I wanted to chat to you about this um, during this series we're doing about coronavirus is because the government the government's making emergency changes to the Act because of the a- epidemic. Could you talk us through those, please?
1: Yeah. So the first thing to say about the emergency changes to the Mental Health Act is that they haven't actually come into effect yet. So the um, Coronavirus Act was passed by Parliament last week, um, and that contains lots of different changes to various different legal frameworks. Um, Some of them, like the changes to the Mental Health Act, haven't actually been activated yet, but they might be turned on um, if they're needed, so if, for example, there's a huge shortage of doctors because lots of them are unwell, that sort of thing. And the main thing that the changes do on the Mental health Act side is changes to different time frames and changes to the number of people who need to be involved at certain kind of set decision points under the Mental Health Act. So starting with the number of people who need to be involved, as I mentioned earlier about the approved mental health professional and two doctors. That would go down to only requiring one doctor if the approved mental health professional thinks that it's not going to be possible to get hold of a second doctor for all sorts of different potential reasons. I mean, a shortage of doctors would be would be the most obvious one. And there are various other kind of minor points where multiple professionals need to be involved. The emergency legislation means that fewer of those have to be involved. The second one is around the the timeframes that can, people can be held under for different sections, particularly where they're very short term. So, a uh, one example is the prior to the emergency legislation, people could be held in a police cell for up to 24 hours, with an option to, for the police to extend that for 12 hours. Um, the emergency changes mean that someone could be held for 36 hours, again with that option to extend, um, and that's all because there's a belief that potentially the crisis means that it's going to be much harder to work with fewer professionals to keep people safe um and make sure that they if they do need detaining that uh, that they are detained
0: do you think it's fair to say that those changes will come into practice or is it still too hard to say
1: i think it's too hard to say at the moment i think everybody hopes that they won't but uh, i think that the fact that the option is there could potentially um be a useful one for both people severely affected by mental illness who might need care and treatment under the Act and for the professionals involved in treating them.
0: And if they do come in, um, do you think there's any chance that the emergency changes could be made permanent?
1: Uh, I would very much hope not. And I think the government has been quite clear that this is not part of the kind of wider attempts to reform the Mental Health Act, that they are purely for emergency purposes. Um, because of the wider concerns around how long the bill could potentially last, Parliament um, managed to put pressure on the government that means that the, that the emergency legislation has to um, be reviewed. And um, that's going to happen at least every six months. There'll be a kind of vote in Parliament on that. So I think nobody intends for them to become permanent whether there are aspects of it that uh, that last for slightly longer, I think is something that we at Rethink Mental Illness will be keeping a close eye on.
0: Do you think any aspects of these are particularly sort of cause for concern? Or does Rethink have any particular cause for concern around what might be happening for people who are being sectioned during coronavirus?
1: I think we understand the reasons behind them. And as far as the headline objective of making sure that where people might be in crisis, might need that care and treatment in hospital. Um, As far as ensuring that that's still functioning, I think we're supportive of that objective. Obviously, we want to make sure that when people are detained under the the Act that their human rights are protected, that they're still getting the best possible care and treatment possible. Um, As far as changes that go beyond the emergency legislation and concerns around those go, uh, I think we're keeping an eye on things like for example, whether people are being discharged um, and from hospital at the moment and what support they're getting in the community. So concerns around the wider mental health picture as it, as it pertains to severe mental illness rather than specifically around the, the emergency legislation. Well, this is very much a moving target at the moment and I think uh, it's one that we're keen to hear from um, people severely affected by mental illness about and um, one that we are putting out to the public, where we know that changes are being made. So, for example, um, there have been changes to social care and the Care Act through the emergency legislation. Um, obviously, NHS England will be making their own changes um, around the structure of, for example, community services and whether some appointments might be moving online. Um, so, I think that's just a, a bit of a flavour, but we, we honestly we don't know because it's all moving so quickly.
0: Mm. Yeah, you mentioned people sort of switching from um, home visits to a, to online. Do you think that's something that's going to be coming in a, a fair bit more over the next few months?
1: Uh, I think it's certainly possible. I think it will depend very much on the individual service. Um, it will depend whether that's su- hopefully it will depend whether that's suitable for the person and, and their specific case. Um, as I say, we suspect that that might well be happening already, uh, but we don't know for sure.
0: What kind of inquiries is Rethink generally um, getting at present? What's the most common sort of things? I'm afraid I
1: don't have that to hand. Um, I don't, oh, there's no worries. <laughs> that's right. I do know that, um, that the blog that we put out on the emergency changes to the Mental Health Act is one of the most successful um, pieces of content that we've, that we've put out online. It's, it's had, I think, over 250,000 views, which is um, pretty outstanding as far as we're concerned. Um, and I think that just goes to show that there's a huge amount of appetite for accurate information um, at the moment. And that's partly because um, there's a lot of misinformation that seems to be filling filling the the gap otherwise.
0: Um, what resources um, and support is there for people struggling with their mental health, um, especially in self-isolation at present?
1: So I would direct people to the Rethink Mental Illness website, which is rethink.org. And we have a, a hub on the website that is specifically about um, COVID-19 and uh, contains all sorts of information, support for all sorts of um, different people who might be severely affected by mental illness, including carers, for example, um, and summaries of things like the emergency legislation, which people find very helpful.
0: And do you mind me asking just how you're doing basically during this time? Because I know everybody's finding it a bit strange. Maybe we should have started with that.
1: (laughs) Yes. uh, (laughs) It it has been strange. Um, I think... I'm fortunate in that I have a relatively good working from home situation, and uh, home working has, has been working out okay for us. I think it's been, um, yeah, just adapting to the kind of everyday reality of not being able to go for a, a walk as much as I would like, or um, you know, spend time with colleagues or friends. I think has been the difficult mm-hmm. transition for me, but I'm has doing it. Okay.
0: Been any particular things that you found have helped with your mental health?
1: The main thing for me has been realising how much I need social contact and uh, reorienting my social contact into that kind of online, you know, whether it's through Skype calls or phone calls or whatever it is. Um, and that has been a bit of a realisation for me. And it's one that I didn't immediately grasp. Um, but now that I think that I'm getting slightly better at that, it's been it's been much um Much easier to try and ensure that I'm looking after my mental health. Yeah.
0: So sometimes those small conversations, isn't it? That it's surprising that we miss. Is there anything else you'd like to add about the act or about the work that Rethink's doing at all at the moment?
1: I think the main thing to add on the act is that Rethink has been working on uh, making a case for reforming the mental health act for you know a very long time, um, kind of at least ten years, and most recently. That culminated in the publication of the independent review of the Mental Health Act back in uh, 2018. Um, These emergency changes are nothing to do with the independent review of the Act. They're nothing to do with that kind of long-term case for reform that we and others have been building. And um, we're going to be working very hard, certainly after the epidemic has um, concluded, to make sure that the longer term reform of the act is something that the government takes seriously as they as they said that they were doing before before this began. So I think the main thing to communicate is that hopefully this crisis will pass and hopefully it will pass relatively quickly and when it does we will be back making that kind of principled case and ensuring that the act is reformed.
0: Mm. I have to ask as well then what are some of those key reforms that you're hoping to um to make
1: so uh, essentially, the review was um, making a very strong case that people need to be more involved in decisions about their care and treatment um, under the Mental Health Act. I mean, the Mental Health Act was written in 1983, you know, there are aspects of it that go back to the, to the 19th century even. Um, And we don't think that that's good enough anymore, and the review agreed with that. So some of the key changes were things around allowing people to um, decide what kind of care and treatment they want in advance. And make sure that that's respected and taken into account in the proper way, um, adding principles to the face of the legislation. So making sure that much like the Mental Capacity Act, um, people can kind of know what they expect when they're detained under the Mental Health Act and that professionals are um, making consistent decisions in line with those principles. So those are the, the main things that we're excited about and kind of saddened that um, that the pandemic has uh, has meant that they're not going to be happening in the short term. But we are very confident that we will be making the case for reform in the in the months to come.
0: No oh, it sounds really important, especially getting people involved in their own decisions, like you say, because um, so the people when they're well can sort of work out what they want to happen to them because um, obviously being sectioned is quite a what can be a very um, difficult experience. Thanks, will. really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Mentally oo So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 yours. mentally oost, mentally, yours. mentally yours. Thanks very much to to Will Johnston for our chat. One of the things that I thought was really good that he mentioned right at the end there was just the idea of connecting with people still so it's been said a few times to me now but I think it needs to sort of hit home a bit more in terms of the small ways we can still be connecting with people even though we're not seeing them face to face so whether that's sending texts or doing zoom video calls or bringing people just kind of throughout the day I think it already helps in terms of um, your own mental health but also hopefully your friends and family's mental health um, in terms of kind of helping you get through these times If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116 123 or you can go to samaritans.org. For more information on um, Rethink, you can find them at rethink.org. They have lots of information there about um, the coronavirus and support generally. You can also find out more about their proposed changes to the Mental Health Act there as well. Thanks very much to our producer, Juliet Nichols, and to Lucy Baker for the jingles. If you'd like to find out more about Mentally Yours, you can go to our Twitter site, which is at MentallyYRS, and you can also come and have a chat with us on Facebook. Our group is called Mentally Yours. See you next time.